Hello out there on the internet. I am Matthew Galt, and this is Cyber America. It's thinking about banning the most popular social media app in the world. Wouldn't be the first country to do this. Uh, TikTok has exploded in the past few years, and whether you love it or you hate it, you can't deny its huge influence. Legislators in America are concerned about that influence, especially because of TikTok's connections to China. And on Thursday, its CEO testified before the House Committee on Energy and Commerce and fielded questions about the app, its connections to China, and what it might be doing to America's children. It was, uh, as you can imagine, a shit show. With me here today to talk about it is Motherboard Social Media Manager Emily Lipstein. Emily, how are you doing? I mean, could be better after watching like six hours worth of congressional testimony yesterday, but we're we're surviving. <laughs> was it was it six? Did it end up being six hours? It was five hours and thirty seven minutes. I think it started at like ten a.m. Uh, Eastern and it ended around like three. I didn't anticipate it to going that long. It was it was wild. Well, I think they they'd said it was only going to be four and a half, right? I remember I watched oh a lot of it, but I started to. I didn't catch a lot of the stuff towards the end. I remember you were sending me messages all day about yeah, the yeah, wild stuff. I had, I had to take a break towards the end of the day and just like lay down on the floor for a bit after hearing everything that they were saying. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, top level question. Uh, is America going to ban TikTok? You know, that's an interesting question because it's like based on the hearing yesterday, which for those of you who mercifully did not watch the nearly six hours of it, it didn't really seem like they were asking the CEO any questions versus just like ranting at him about their feelings about TikTok and what it's doing to America. So it feels in some ways like a lot of these lawmakers have made up their minds already. And I know that, you know, between President Trump and President Biden, People have been talking about banning TikTok for a while. So I, th- I definitely think it's possible. It, to me, feels like a huge mistake. Um, I don't know how it might happen, but it definitely feels like this hearing was less of a place to find out questions that would help them make a decision and more like a place where they decided, you know, we, we know what we feel and we're just going to yell at someone for about six hours about it. I mean, this is ever what American legislation, especially in the uh, in the post video era. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we can we can we can track the kind of grandstanding that we're doing. I think pretty pretty handily to Newt Gingrich, but that's like a whole side tangent. Um, I think it was kind of interesting to watch. I think there's a lot of people, a lot of young people that are very into TikTok. They love it. Um, and had maybe never seen like what the U.S. U.S. legislator looks like when it gathers and it does a public hearing. Um, and we're maybe shocked a little bit by, by what it looks like. I'm going to bring up, uh, this first clip. We've got a lot of clips is from, uh, representative Richard Hudson from North Carolina, uh, asking if TikTok accesses your home Wi-Fi network. Here we go. Mr. Chu, does TikTok access the home Wi-Fi network? Only if the user turns on the Wi-Fi. I, I'm sorry, I may not understand the. So if I have a TikTok app on my phone and my phone is on my home Wi-Fi network, does TikTok access that network? It will have to to access the network to get connections to the internet. If, if that's the question, is it possible then that it could access other devices on that home Wi-Fi network? Co- Congressman, we do not do anything that is beyond any industry norms. 
Um, I believe the answer to your question is no. It could be technical. Let me get back to you. Okay, I'd appreciate it if you can answer yeah. that. I wanted to start there. Can you hear those, by the way? I can't remember. If can't, no. Okay, sorry. Um, I know you know them back to front. This was I, yeah. this was him asking <laughs> about the Wi-Fi t- network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to start there because it's like a really basic – I think it shows that what he wants to be asking, I think um, – is that do you, the, like is TikTok accessing someone's home Wi-Fi network and like looking at their other devices? That's not really the question that he asks. No, right? Yeah, he was he was just asking like you know can your like can TikTok know what's on your Wi-Fi and connect to your Wi-Fi network? Which uh, the CEO, Mr. Chu, when he was responding to that, was pretty flabbergasted, as was, I think, most people who know anything about how Wi-Fi works um, in response to that. It was just like, yeah, TikTok connects to your Wi-Fi network if you're using it connected to Wi-Fi. Seems pretty straightforward, but clearly it's, you know, people asking questions that they really don't understand. Right. It's the, there's a, and we've seen this before. We've been here before. We've been here before with Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos Mm -hmm. have been called to testify before Congress. And it kind of went basically like this each time, right? There's a lot of grandstanding and a lot of kind of ignorant old people asking questions about technology they don't understand. Yeah, it was really just a lot of questions that left me thinking, you know, none of these people that are asking questions yesterday have probably ever used TikTok or ever even opened the app and all they probably have, you know, this is all just conjecture that I'm basing off of, you know, just the que- the lines of questioning. It seems like nobody really knew what they were talking about or had firsthand experience with TikTok or with social media like it. So I do want to, I, I do want to let the audience know that we're not just going to be bashing on like Congress today. There's going to be a lot of that. Um, but we, I do want to take like, their more legitimate concerns seriously and talk about why, why some of it's true, why some of it's not, why some of it doesn't matter. At least I think in our opinions and in our assessments as people that use TikTok every day. Um, but let's, let's, I kind of want to get a state of play of where things are with TikTok right now. Um, kind of the world over and in America, um, because this is like state states are banning this schools are banning this, right? Like if you go to the university of Texas at Austin, you can't, and you're on the public Wi-Fi at the college, you cannot ask access TikTok there, right? Uh, where else do you know who is, who else has banned it? Do you know off the top of your head? No, I can't remember exactly if these bans have been enacted yet or if they're just being discussed. But I know the one that really sticks out to me is how, you know, the British government is saying, hey, you know, government devices are not allowed to have TikTok on it. And everybody who kind of occupies a role at the BBC that's similar to mine, which is, you know, making TikToks and running social media saying, hey, wait, does that mean us, too? Because we're making TikToks as the BBC, which is, you know, British state-owned media. So how does how does that whole thing work? It, it just feels very poorly thought out and, and very reactionary, all, all of these decisions. Uh, federal officials in America also aren't supposed to use it. And uh, there is also uh, the, mili- the American military isn't supposed to use it, though. Like, we could do a whole episode about the American military's use of TikTok because it, it's 
pretty popular uh, mm-hmm. among the rank and file service members, and they just get onto it on their personal devices because the bands don't cover. Uh, it's usually government taxpayer funded devices. It's not personal right. devices that TikTok is being banned in on. Uh, this morning, France announced a ban on government devices with TikTok on them. Um, and I think the the reason behind all of this stuff, uh, I will let uh, uh, Texas's own Dan Crenshaw uh, kind of explain. I want to say this to all the teenagers out there and then TikTok influencers who think we're just old and out of touch and don't know what we're talking about, trying to take away your favorite app. You may not care that your data is being accessed now, but it will be one day when you do care about it. And here's the real problem. With data comes power. They can choose what you see and how you see it. They can make you believe things that are not true. They can encourage you to engage in behavior that will destroy your life. Even if it is not happening yet, it could in the future. The long-term goal of the Chinese Communist Party is the demise of the American power, and that starts with our youth. At any moment, they could demand that all of TikTok's data be used to design an AI algorithm with the sole purpose of promoting Chinese interests and destroying our society from within. You want to know why that's Democrat, why that's, why Democrats and Republicans have come together on this? That's why we are so concerned. Thank you. And I yield back. So there is this idea um, that basically like TikTok is a Chinese Communist Party op. Uh, at a high, at the highest level, that it is their version of uh, like melting the brains of the American populace, um, and, and on top of that, uh, that it is collecting an inordinate amount of data on the people that use the phone or that people that use the app, um, and communicating it directly to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, Crenshaw is a wild individual, but like I want to like let's. Like, let's address some of this stuff, like, head on. Um, what do, what are the connections with, are there connections between TikTok and the Chinese Communist Party? What, what do we actually know? Yeah, so to start even from, like, a, a more top-down view from even there, it's that TikTok is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. And TikTok is the sister app to this other app called Douyin. The way I would best explain it is, you know, like you're shopping for something on Ikea. You have Ikea US and you have Ikea Mexico. You know, people in the US are going to use Ikea US. People in Mexico are going to use Ikea Mexico. But people in the US could still theoretically access Ikea Mexico for whatever reason they might want to. However, this is where the comparison kind of breaks down in that... People that use Douyin in China cannot access TikTok. Um, And so that's kind of where a lot of these concerns have come from and where a lot of people like Crenshaw are are extrapolating, saying, hey, okay, if you're not letting people in China, if you, Chinese company, are not letting your own, you know, populace access TikTok, then there must be something super harmful on TikTok, whereas they're just two separate apps. We know that, you know, censorship in China, there's going to be a separate app there in the same way that there's no Twitter in China, there's Little Red Book and so on and so forth. Um, and like, yeah, the, the the connections to the CCP are not unfounded, but I think, you know, they tend to be exaggerated in terms of how direct the control of TikTok is. Um, and I think a lot of it comes from fear mongering. But, you know, there technically is like a CCP board within ByteDance. I think that that's pretty common among a lot of Chinese big tech companies. Um, And there's been a lot of talk recently, and especially during 
the hearing yesterday about the steps that are being taken by TikTok, um, if we're going to take that face value, about what they're trying to do to, you know, really continue to cement that firewall between, you know, the Chinese government and TikTok. But they do have... It's it's weird because I'm of I'm I'm of like this weird dual mind here where mm-hmm. most of what's on TikTok is cooking videos and just kind of slurry, yeah. um, and it is and it is feeding data back, and I think that we've seen a lot of in stories that are not related just to TikTok. We've seen a lot of, and we've talked about it on the show before with Joseph, um, these apps that kind of feed data back into uh, databases that we're not really sure who has access to what uh, and you're, if you're on a government installation or you're in the military, perhaps that is not a good idea. Um, and it, it does sound like we cannot completely rule out that, CCP officials might have access to some of this. I know BuzzFeed has done some reporting on this and then people have tried to get their sources and they've said no, and it's become a whole thing. Can we talk about that just a little bit? I mean, it's definitely possible in the same way that any free app you're going to use, you know, if you're not paying for the service, you are, you know, you are the service, you are the service. Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like people that are fairly tech and internet literate know that going in. Um, But yeah, as you're saying, it's like the videos that you get served, there are pretty benign. So you don't necessarily think anything of it. It doesn't seem like inherently clear that, okay, me posting this video of trying on 10 different shirts at Target or something like that is going to be sent directly to the Chinese Communist Party. And it's like, oh, no, they have my data about what Looney Tunes shirt I like or, you know, what size I am. I I think that these concerns are not just with TikTok and, and related to their connections to the CCP. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, this is something that you and I talked about uh, offline, and one of our um, one of our commenters just brought it up. I'm going to read this now. So few of these politicians are actually interested in creating actual regulatory standards around data privacy. They're just using TikTok to score easy political points. Um, they're all on Facebook. They all probably use Google or Amazon, which is also hoovering up just as much data. Uh, and is also that data is also being like thrown into a big black hole where you kind of don't know who's buying it or who's accessing it. Right. It's a similar exactly. problem. We've been talking about this for years, you know, where it's like you, people are like, Oh, if you, if I say something around my iPhone, then I'm going to be served an ad about it. Like a couple hours later, you know, these fears have been around for ages and they aren't founded. You know, these data brokers exist. We see these targeted ads, you know, and I think specifically focusing on the targeted ads, aspect of it is really important because ads and it's, it's a huge stream of revenue for TikTok. You know, it's the different Congress people in the hearing yesterday kept bringing up the idea of a TikTok pixel embedded within websites, but guess what? You know where the pixel comes from? That's Facebook. We've been talking about all of this for years. It's nothing new. It just has the sheen of, you know, new cold war laid over it that makes it all even more scary to these politicians. And again, yeah, the hearing really just felt like a way for everybody to show how hard they are on China. 
It's funny because it's um, – I think there's a lot of big tech – there's a lot of anti-big tech sentiment right now. There's also a lot of anti-China sentiment. Um, and so like TikTok is like the perfect political win. Um, exactly. And, and like everyone's kids are on it and they kind of don't quite understand why they're spending all day on it, what they're doing there. So it's like all of these elements kind of swirled up um, that makes it like this perfect – thing to get upset about. And I, and I do wonder like what will become of this. Um, uh, let's not forget that Facebook isn't being run in a country continually violating basic civil rights. I mean, I think, I mean, well, China is authoritarian and it's not a great place to be. I do agree with you. Decast seven, seven, seven. I think depending on what part of America you're in, uh, you could be you could be having your civil rights, your basic civil rights violated on a pretty fundamental level uh, quite often as well. Um, not like, you know, not being rounded up and put into a camp and having your entire culture destroyed um, in the last 30 years, maybe. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent now. I don't want to get too bogged down into like what's going on in mainland China in Xi Jinping's nationalist project or I'll, I'll, I'll go uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, not on the scale it's happening in China and North Korea. I can, I, I can cede your point, Decast. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's bring up another one of these clips. Somebody asked about our thoughts on the mental health aspects. Uh, people are, we're, you know, we've published stories about this recently. This is something that got brought up oh, quite a bit in kind of a roundabout way uh, in the hearings. Uh, I want to play, I think the most, one of the most popular clips from the hearing, uh, if we can use the word popular, this is a rep from Florida, uh, talking about, uh, a video that she saw on TikTok that she felt was a direct threat to her, um, and frightened her and was still up at the time of the hearing, but was quickly taken down as soon as it aired, which I thought was interesting. Uh, here we go. Mr. Show, I'd like to direct your attention to the screen for a short video, if you don't mind. That video was posted 41. And just to tell the the people listening at home, uh, the video is of, uh, I believe it's a Glock firing. And the implication is that uh, it's going to be fired at this meeting. I'm going to continue the video. Days ago, as you can see, it is captioned me as F. Your own community guidelines state that you have a firm stance against enabling violence on or off TikTok. We do not allow people to use our platform to threaten or incite violence or to promote violent extremist organizations, individuals, or acts. When there is a threat to public safety or an account is used to promote or glorify off-platform violence, we ban the account. This video has been up for 41 days. It is a direct threat to the chairwoman of this committee, the people in this room, and yet it still remains on the platform. And you expect us to believe that you are capable of maintaining the data security, privacy and security of 150 million Americans. You know, so she starts talking about um, how this is like a direct threat to her and it's against their terms of service, which it is. I think Um, we did get to see a congressperson say me as me AF, which I thought was very funny. Uh, And then she kind of uses that to go into data privacy, which we've already covered, but I want to focus on, the moderation issue, uh, you use a lot of diff- like moderation is a huge problem on all of these social media platforms. It's a nightmare. 
Um, yes. At scale, it is basically impossible to moderate this kind of stuff. Uh, as someone who uses all the different social media platforms, you're well-versed in all of them. How does TikTok compare to Facebook or Twitter or any of these other services? Question. Um, I would say of everything, Twitter is the most permissible platform. And just for the record, that was before Elon Musk even took over. Um, Facebook, it really depends. You know, they've been around and trying to... They've been under a lot of heat for a very long time about the things that they allow or they don't allow on their platform and especially owning Instagram as well. That's its own can of worms, especially with images of like the human body, um, things relating to sex and sexuality. But TikTok is really, you know, much of the platform is kind of, it has its own language as a result of so much of the censorship that happens there. You know, you'll hear people saying things like unalive as a way to say kill or die because TikTok is very stringent about the kinds of words that you might even be saying or typing as text overlay that it can detect and then decide, hey, this violates our community guidelines. Um, I meet like once every couple of weeks with a rep from TikTok to kind of discuss some of these things. Um, they're not very transparent for what it's worth or, or, or what they say to us doesn't really get to a lot of the questions that we have because so much of their algorithm and so much of what they do is really a black box. Um, but yeah, we, we have to deal with a lot of censorship stuff and not necessarily in the way that you might think during the hearing, a lot of the censorship that was brought up was specifically about this one basketball player, um, posting videos about what's going on in China, people being rounded up. Um, We're not dealing with that kind of censorship, but we'll deal with things like, okay, can we post a video of police brutality or will it be taken down because it theoretically promotes violence? And it's hard sometimes for TikTok to not immediately flag that, thinking that it's, okay, we're showing violence for the sake of glorifying or showing violence, where in fact we're showing violence because it's newsworthy, it's important, and not sharing this information is detrimental. Um, And so we have to be really careful and frequently even put disclaimers in text being like, hey, this video is being shown for news purposes, which feels very silly, but that's just kind of the way that it has to be sometimes. Yeah, it's and it's. I think it's funny with the unalive stuff. It kind of shows Mm -hmm. me that... um, you end up getting to the same place. Like you're just, you're using a euphemism and then the euphemism becomes the accepted term. And then what are you going to do? You're going to ban the youth. Like you're, you're just, you're always chasing your own tail with this stuff. Right. Yeah. It's like, they were talking a lot about mental health during the hearing yesterday where it's, you know, and, and about eating disorders where, okay, if you search for, if you search for anorexia on the plat on TikTok, then uh, the CEO of TikTok says, okay, you're going to be taken to a landing page that says, Hey, do you need help? But people have kind of figured out ways to go around that, where, you know, if you're talking about, you know, suicide, as an example, um, people will talk about sewer slide, like the sewer, like sewer system and slide the slide. And so it, you know, people come up with ways to get around this. And also sometimes, okay, you might be talking about things like eating disorders, addiction, other mental health issues. And get flagged despite the fact that you're talking, okay, this is how I overcame this, or this is how I am, you know, persisting and, and, you know, 
I'm a person like there's this guy that I watch on TikTok sometimes who is a recovering alcoholic and posts a lot about how he has been dealing with, you know, his recovery and is his stuff going to be flagged just because he discusses alcoholism and addiction. It's, you know, they cast a very wide net at TikTok, which can be useful in some ways and detrimental to the platform in others. So it really is just the users have to become very creative. All right. So listeners, we're going to pause there for a break. We'll be right back after this. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. All right, cyber listeners, we are once again talking about TikTok. Something I've been thinking about, and I think TikTok is a good place to kind of examine it, and this came up a lot in the hearing, is the mental health. What we are doing to ourselves uh, with social media. Um, and I, it's, I'm like, I, I'm old enough to remember uh, like watching video of Twisted Sister standing in front of Congress and telling people that their music is not harming anyone. Um, and kind of having this free speech ab- absolutist attitude, which I, I still am pretty much in that camp. I think a lot of this sense, this, this kind of automatic censorship on these social media platforms is silly. Um, I think people will generally sort themselves out, but, uh, I do also think that like art and communication does affect us. Um, and I think it's, you, it's silly to imagine that it doesn't because why else, why else then are we doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that is, I don't believe that is necessarily an argument for regulating these things away. Um, I think as we've kind of talked about that people will figure out a way to communicate and they will figure out a way to say what they want to say and get around this stuff and talk to each other anyway. Um, but like you, I do see a lot of headlines about TikTok that are not related to these bands. We ran one this week, uh, about, um, how quickly, uh, it will serve up sewer slide content to you when you're looking for that. Um, what do you, you grew up in social media and online in a way that I didn't. What do yeah. you, how do you feel about like all of this mental health talk? Do you think it is that de- was it detrimental to your mental health? Do you think it's bad? Do you think we need to limit people's time? How do you feel about all that stuff? Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I was talking to my roommate about this yesterday that I've been lying about my age on the internet since maybe 2001, 2002. I think I was like six or seven when I first had to check a box that was saying, yes, I am 13. Um, in order to gain access to sites as innocuous as Neopets. Um, and I really grew up in the thick of it, joined Facebook years before I theoretically would have been allowed to um, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, there are benefits and drawbacks to it, like anything being on the internet. You know, it's hard because I found a lot of benefits from being on the internet for a long time, you know, and really connecting to people that understood me, 
um, learning a lot from various platforms, getting really excited about YouTube when that first started up. And eventually it led me into this career where I am on social media and produce content on social media for a living. So it's, it's a really complicated topic. I think the way to talk about it more is kind of relating to the article that you wrote about that you wrote yesterday, talking about how a lot of the people that were testifying yesterday were saying, okay, so yeah, you can make sure that people like young people, children have to be 18, have to be 16 in order to access certain features on TikTok. But kids are smarter than that, you know? And I think that it's important to engage with children and and young people generally about social media on a level that makes them actually listen to you and, and makes it less of a an edict and more of a conversation about media literacy. Because I think that that is really the crux of what's going on here. You know, you'll see a lot of stuff on TikTok that's not true or misleading or dangerous, but then you'll see the other half of stuff on TikTok, which is people doing a funny dance or a clip from a cartoon or dogs, you know, it's, it's such a mix. And I think you can really get stuck on, on an app like TikTok. Like these things are, are meant to be addictive. I understand that. That's kind of, you know, it's something that I struggle with in my own life, trying to stay off of TikTok outside of my work life. Um, but I think that that really, a lot of these things can be addressed by just having parents that are media literate and understand how the internet works and understand how social media works and don't see it as this dangerous thing as much as it is a way for them to connect with their children about the things that they're watching and the things that they're viewing. All right. On that note, I'm going to play, I think, what is my favorite clip from the hearing? Uh, Representative Buddy Carter, from a Republican from Georgia, is going to talk about biometric scanning. And he's going to say two things in one breath uh, that kind of touch on what we were just talking about. I want to talk about biometric um, matrix. And, and I want to talk specifically, can you tell me right now, can you say, with 100% certainty that TikTok does not use the phone's camera to determine whether the content that elicits a pupil dilation should be amplified by the algorithm? Can you tell me that? We do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. We do not. The, the, the no, only fa- you, you don't? The, no. The only face data that you get that we collect is when you use the filters to have, say, sunglasses on your face. We need to know where your eyes are. And Why do you need it, to know what the eyes are and, if you're not seeing if they're dilated? And, and that data is stored on your local device and deleted after use if you use it for facial. Again, we do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. I find that hard to believe. It's our understanding that they're looking at the eyes. How do you determine what age they are then? Um, we rely on age gating as our key age assurance. Age gating, which is when you ask the user what age they are. We have also developed some tools where we look at their public profile um, to go through the videos that they post to see whether... Well, that's creepy. Tell me more about that. It's public. So if you post a video, that's, you choose that video to go public. That's how you get people to see your video. We look at those to see if you, it matches up the age that you talked about. Now, this is a real challenge for our industry because privacy versus age assurance is a really big problem. Look, look, you keep talking about the industry. We're talking about TikTok here. I want to clip. I love, I love uh, 
you keep talking about the industry. We're talking about TikTok here as if TikTok is not the big part of the, a big part of the industry. This uh, has been driving me wild <laughs> in the past day. Like truly, truly like, driving me insane. Well, it's because it's again, there's the, there's this thing that they want. They want to keep kids safe. And I understand why there's a lot of, there is scary crap on TikTok, right? Yeah. There's scary so- stuff. People don't want their kids to see. Um, and that the generally accepted form of figuring out if uh, we'll just go over some legislative stuff in I think it was 2003. Uh, maybe no, it was earlier. It was like 1998. Um, Congress decided in America that they didn't they didn't want Internet companies collecting data on children in the United States. Full stop. They passed a law that said you have to be over the age of 18 or over the age of 13 uh, to get any data collected. Obviously, back then, we didn't know how big data collection was going to end up being. Uh, except for a couple of very smart people. And this is why when you go on certain websites, you have to check a box that says like, hey, are you over 13? And that's all you have to do. You're checking a box, uh, which is a way for the company that's running that website to cover their ass. Um, And it has continually come up uh, legislatively um, where people are trying, like Congress basically finds out something scary is going on online, happening to kids. Uh, They call a hearing and then nothing much gets done. Um, it was, I was researching this yesterday and I found a great uh, clip from like 2005 where six people, uh, six kids had been uh, like lured. There, there were cases related to children being lured into a predator's home using MySpace, uh, mm-hmm. 2006. Um, and the Cong- Congress's questions were, why, why were these kids on MySpace in the first place? There's a lot of complicated answers to that question that do not necessarily – uh, are not necessarily MySpace's fault. Um, quote from uh, uh, a Connecticut attorney general who is now a senator was, we can we put a man on the moon, we can figure out a way to determine someone's age online. Um, and here we are um, almost 20 years later and we can't. Uh, you yeah. just can't. Uh, not without doing the thing that also seems to scare the crap out of them, which is scanning faces um, and getting a lot of personal data, you probably don't want TikTok to have, right? You can't have it. You can't do both of these things. You can't keep kids off of the app full stop and not collect data, uh, not without uh, a heavily a heavy amount of parents' involvement, right? And TikTok yeah. does have these tools. Yeah, TikTok honestly feels, you know, like one of the better apps for this. You know, I was before we came on, I was thinking about, okay, you know, there's YouTube kids now. If you're watching anything that seems like it could be a cartoon or a YouTube video for children, the comment section will be turned off, you know? And that's at least one way that YouTube is trying to say, hey, this is co- this is content directly for children. We don't want any comments that are inappropriate or that could bring children to another place. TikTok, in my opinion, has been doing a really good job. And like, I, I don't want this entire, you know, I don't want this whole thing to appear like I'm caping for TikTok, but I really do think that they've done a lot given the scrutiny that they're under and their really explosive place within the social media, you know, ecosystem over the past couple of years. For those of you who don't know, TikTok started as this app called Musical.ly in like 2014, which was basically an app for, you know, 12 year old children to lip sync to their favorite songs. You had a lot of people who became Musical.ly stars before there were even TikTok stars or influencers in that genre. And then Musical.ly was acquired by ByteDance and turned it into TikTok. 
Um, so this app really has always been for children, which is something that I think people aren't realizing as they're talking about this and is one of the reasons why, at least it appears to me, that they have all of these safeguards because TikTok knows that kids are using this app. Um, there's We're talking about age gating, you know, there are different levels when you sign up for TikTok. You know, you have to put in a birthday and let's say you're being truthful about it. If you're under 13, you can't even post. You can only view the the feed that's, sent, that's you know, curated for you. Um, if you're under 16, you can't DM. And if you're under 18, you can't go live. And I think that those are pretty good safeguards, all things considered. And we all know that people are going to lie about their age online. Nobody is always who they say they are on the internet. And again, I think it's just important to have social media literacy going into this. And, you know, there's this program now that they have for parents on TikTok, where you basically can have your TikTok account as a parent and have it paired with your child's TikTok account and have access to their settings, uh, screen time restrictions, restrict who gets to DM your child, which honestly, you know, that's just enough oversight, it seems like for me to not you know, overstep with your kids and really open the door to conversations. It's important for parents that are concerned about what their kids are doing on TikTok to approach their children in a way that doesn't, you know, say, you know, what are you doing on the internet? What are you watching? What is this? What is that? Because it's, you know, kids clearly are watching this stuff because they like it. They think it's important. They think it's interesting. And approaching it with skepticism and anger and fear just pushes that more into the darkness and makes it even more out of the reach of parents who might be concerned. Another thing I want to talk about, uh, I've just got a couple more questions. Another thing that I kept hearing repeatedly come up during the hearing that the CEO was constantly talking about was Project Texas and how it seemed like in his mind, Project Texas was going to solve a bunch of these concerns, mostly related around data privacy in China's in China connections. What is Project Texas? Uh, TikTok's plan to really sever any connection between data from U.S. users and China. Um, during the hearing, they were talking about how data from U.S. users has never been in China. I'm not entirely sure of that. I know we've talked about uh, the BuzzFeed piece that kind of proved otherwise. Um, but it basically is supposed to set up this firewall of protection between China and U.S. users. It allows a third-party system, I think through Oracle, which is based in Texas, which, you know, that's how it got its name, to be able to parse through a lot of this data. Um, and it would be like a separate organization from TikTok, kind of independent um, they have this whole website now. It's usds.tiktok.com. There's a video there that, funny enough, is extremely... <laughs> honestly, it's kind of difficult to watch because it just drones on. Um, but it's they're, they're trying. It seems like you know they're trying to appease U.S. lawmakers. Um, but I don't know how useful it's all going to be because TikTok is a global platform, you know? And if this global platform is trying to appeal specifically to the users of one country. I, I don't know how effective that's going to be. Well, it, they're trying to get ahead of it, I think, because they have been banned in countries before, right? Yeah. Um, you can't use TikTok in India, or at least you're not supposed to. It was banned. Mm -hmm. 
Um, India is has an enormous population, um, and you know that's a blow. That's a huge market that TikTok is not going to be able to be a part of. Um, and so they don't want something like that to happen again, right? Um, you know, uh, India and Chinese relations are fraught at best at the moment. They are uh, they literally have armies that are fighting each other with with sticks and stones in the Himalayas. Um, super fun, uh, but it, it it does seem to kind of all come back to we trust, or maybe some of us in America politicians trust our data with maybe trust is the wrong word, except that our data is going to be parsed through by American companies like Facebook, Amazon, and Google. Uh, and we, we, when we hear that China is going to be doing a similar thing where a Chinese connected company is going to be doing the similar kind of thing, we get scared, right? Um. Yeah. That is what confuses me to no end. You know, half of what the comment, you know, Clips from this hearing are all over TikTok right now, all over people's For You pages. And all of the comments there, for the most part, are saying, okay, and Facebook and Twitter do the exact same thing. What is your point here? It's it's just such a double standard of, you know, okay, just because someone who is not American is doing this, it now is a huge problem. The, the other thing I want to remind people of, uh, just a couple more points, is that... Um, Whenever a politician or a person in power is telling you that you got to do something because it's going to hurt kids, uh, should be you should be wary. Should always be wary. <laughs> There's yeah. always. Go ahead. Yeah, we have a video that's actually coming out in like the next hour or so. If it's not already up, that's basically a supercut of every single time that a representative said "think of the children" during yesterday's hearing. Um, it's a long video. <laughs> people will use, uh, people will invoke uh, fear of what's going to happen to children to justify all sorts of horrifying uh, things. Um, the other thing I want to remind people is that, like, I bet in five or ten years, no one is going to remember TikTok. <laughs> it just, these things, the, the, the shelf life of social media companies, I think, is a lot shorter uh, than people imagine. Um, pe- kids get bored, kids grow up, they move on, they, they leave apps. Uh, Facebook's still wildly popular, but like culturally kind of a wasteland. Uh, MySpace, who's on MySpace anymore? People were freaking out about MySpace 20 years ago. No one cares. No one cares anymore. Um, there'll be something else. There will be another app that everyone is excised, exercised about. Um, all things move towards their end. Uh, I mean, so many of the people yesterday were even saying, you know, why do you even need TikTok? Just do what you're doing on Facebook. All of these, you know, influencers and pe- small businesses who are making their money on TikTok, just use Facebook instead. Just completely misunderstanding that all of these platforms have different utilities. Yeah. All of these platforms have had their time and they're all for different user bases. Why did my last question, why did, why do you think Dick TikTok got so popular and Vine died? Because Vine was a very similar product that I think, did Twitter own it? Yeah, they did. I think they eventually did. I think originally they were not, they did not start it, but then eventually they acquired it, if I'm getting that right. Um, But the answer there, to me at least, is monetization. TikTok is 
heavily monetized. There's shopping on TikTok. There's ads on TikTok. There wasn't that on Vine. And it really is about the money. Yeah. You know, we can talk a lot about how, you know, okay, Vine was six seconds, maybe 15 seconds at its maximum. You could really post whatever you want on TikTok video lengthwise at this point. And that's, you know, it just allows for far more formats. Um, Additionally, I think that TikTok really lucked out, so to speak, in terms of it getting popular during the early days of the COVID pandemic. Yeah. uh, With people being stuck at home and having nothing better to do than learn how to do a silly dance. All right, Emily, I'm going to let you go. Do you think we covered it? I think we did. You know, there's there's a lot here and a lot more to see. So I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah. And if we and if actually, let me ask you this. Do you think that it's I, I know that one of the things that has been proposed is that the bite dance sells it, sells it off, uh, sells it to an American company or sells it to some sort of third party just to avoid it being banned in the United States. What do you think the likelihood of that is? You know, I honestly have no idea. You could tell me anything is going to happen with it, and I'll believe it. This this whole process just has been putting my head in my hands and saying, why? <laughs> so, honestly, anything seems likely at this point. But given just the line of questioning and questioning I use in big scare quotes, it really seems like that's the way that the U.S. government wants to push things. Well, if that happens, we'll have you back on to Cyber to talk about it. Thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, if you like us, please follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash motherboard TV or on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash motherboard. Uh, follow us there. You'll be notified when we go live. I'm sure we'll be we'll have two more of these next week. Not quite sure what they're going to be about yet, but uh, we'll see you then. Stay safe. Uh, careful when you're out there on TikTok. Who knows what might happen to you? Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.